This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Did you hear the uh, proposal by this MPP, provincial politician, who wants to now pass a distracted walking bill? If you're walking along the street, or you're crossing the street, I guess, you got to be on the road. But if you're walking along and you go to cross the street and you're looking at your phone, your iPhone, your tablet, whatever it is, police can charge you under this proposed distracted walking bill. What do you think about this? What is your thought on the concept of a distracted walking bill? To me, it sounds like the absolute height of political lunacy. This is the stuff that makes you say, politicians are in business. They, to, in order for politicians to stay in business, they have to make it look like they're doing something. This is why we get so many laws passed in this country, in this city, in this province. Because if you're a politician and there's no laws being passed, there's no things being done, well, then why are we electing you? Why are we paying you all this money? Why are we giving you these golden pensions? So sometimes we don't really know what to do. We're not that busy, I guess. All the problems of the world have been solved. So what are we going to do? We've got to come up with something. There's got to be some law that I can pass, that I can put my name on. So when it comes to re-election time, I, Joe Schmo, can officially say, I was the guy behind the distracted walking bill that has saved one life. Maybe. That's, what, that's the problem with what we have in politics these days, is it not? So much of what the problem is, is that politicians, I believe, feel they have to do stuff. Nothing can be left well enough alone. Nothing. There is always some tinkering that must be done, which is why our bylaw book is now about 19 inches thick. Well, I mean, our criminal code, if you ever drop, there should be a, a, a section in the criminal code of a crime if you were to drop the criminal code itself on someone's head because you could kill them. There should be death by criminal code. This thing is as heavy as an anvil now. Because it's so big because we obviously, we have to keep changing stuff. Politicians have to keep coming up with things. But this one, think this one through for just a second. We want to, this politician, this federal, or sorry, this provincial politician, his name is Yvonne Baker, by the way, Ontario Liberal MPP. He wants to put a, a law into effect that would make it against the law for you to be texting, looking at your phone, whatever, while you are on a street, crossing at a crosswalk, crossing the street where there's not a crosswalk, wherever. If you step onto a street and you are distracted by your phone, you are going to get a fine. What do you think about that? 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Here's the problems with it. Besides the fact, as I say, that it seems like it's just a make-work project. Number one, do our police and bylaw officers, but primarily police, do they really not have enough to do already that we are now going to have them staking out crosswalks by schoolyards to get the 12-year-old child who's crossing the street or the person who's coming out of their office and sending a note home as they walk to their wife or to their husband saying, hey, I'm running a little late. Do we? Is this really how we want our resources used? I suppose that some would say, well, look, this can bring all kinds of money into the coffers. This could be a great money-making scheme. Well, yes, that's exactly what it would be. But do we really want our police officers tied up doing this? You have to stop someone. You have to get their ID, presuming they have some. I don't know what you do if they don't have any. 
You then have to write them a ticket. You have to follow this up. You probably need more bureaucrats. Ah, there, there's, I hadn't even thought about that one. There's another happy point for the politicians. You need more bureaucrats and more people to manage this bigger government. But we continue. But first of all, you need to have people, you need to have cops who are now going to be tied up doing this. That's, that's problem number one. But the second part about this that really sort of strikes me as a little odd that someone would even bring this forward is there are two possibilities. Let's say a pedestrian who was looking at their phone, who was distracted and decided to cross at a crosswalk. Let's say they got hit by a car. And we're trying to prevent this. This this law, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. This law, presumably, according to the politician, is to save the lives, to save the health, to make crossing the streets safer, to make the roads safer for those on them. All right, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But you only have two options. You are either crossing the street distracted against a light or against the law, which puts you already in a position of breaking the law. You do realize that if that jaywalking, while we have a fun name for it, is actually against the law. You could be, the police could actually charge you with jaywalking if they so chose. If you walk against a red light, you know that, right? That is, that exists. So if you're distracted and you go, oh, I'm going to look on my phone and I'm typing away and I cross against a red light and a car hits me. Well, we don't need a law for that. You've already broken the law. That law exists. And if you are crossing with a green light, if you're going with the light, the time you're supposed to go, and it's all good, and you look down and you're typing into your phone, and a car either makes a rolling stop or comes right through or makes or doesn't slow down and makes a turn and hits you, well, that's their fault. That's not your fault. You're doing what's legal. Who cares if you're looking on your phone? Why, why does that matter? I'm, I'm just not entirely sure this is making any sense whatsoever. This is just, this is the absolute pinnacle epitome of a make work project. By the way, the, the law that has been proposed would give you a $50 fine if it was your first offense, a $75 fine if you're a second offense, $125 if it's a third offense, and life imprisonment on a fourth offense. No, I made up that last part. But the first parts are all true. 50, 75, and $125 fines. But what's the fine for? And if you're walking with your head down because you're looking at your cell phone and you happen to, because you're not paying attention, you walk and bonk your head into a light pole, which has happened. Do we need to make a law to prevent you from that? See, that to me is Darwin's law. That's, that's, that's the Darwin Awards kind of thing. If you are dumb enough to be typing away on the sidewalk or on the side of the street, wherever, let's say you're walking on the side of the street and you're walking along, not paying any attention, and because you're looking at your phone, you walk right into the front of a parked car. Do we need a law to prevent you from doing that? I would think that that level of stupidity is enough to say this was a bad idea. But if a car hits you and you're crossing on a green light, why would you then be charged with that? I don't, I just, I don't understand this law at all. And if you're going to bring in this rule, if you're going to decide that we're going to now potentially 
charge pedestrians. Well, wait a second. Did we not skip something in the middle? Because there is a group that lies between car drivers and pedestrians. It's a group that we are encouraging. We're trying to get more of them onto our streets. You know what I'm talking about because we just made new bike lanes in, on Bay Street in Hamilton. We're trying to get more people riding their bikes. Would it not require then, if we're going to start charging pedestrians, that we by definition have to be way more vigilant and have our cops charging cyclists who run red lights and cyclists who run stop signs and cyclists who are on sidewalks and cyclists who are on a road where there's a bike lane, but they choose not to ride in the bike lane. I saw one of those this week. That one will get you cranky. If you're driving a car and there's a bike lane that's empty, there's nobody in the bike lane, and there's a cyclist on the street, and he chooses to ride on the opposite side of the road, slowing down traffic. There, There's... I don't know what the rule should be about that. You should be able to throw a water balloon at him or something as you drive by. I don't know what the rule is. But if we're going to start charging pedestrians because of their misbehavior on the streets, I think we got to start with a group where they're... we got to start with cyclists, and we got to clean that up as well. Well, I don't hear anyone saying we should be doing that. I, I literally I don't hear anybody. I never hear anyone. Anytime I raise this on the show... People always tell me, oh, you're being too, you know, you're being hard on the cyclists. The cyclists have a right to the road. Of course they have a right to the road. Of course they do. We're giving them their own special lanes to show how much of a right to the road they have. But if you have a right to the road, you also have a responsibility to follow the laws of the road. Do you not? I think that's the rule. In fact, I know that's the rule. There are bylaws and laws and Highway Traffic Act offenses involving cyclists. We don't seemingly ever charge them, do we? But now we want to charge people who walk across the street texting on their phone because, because anybody, anybody got a good answer for that one? Because, yeah, I don't know either. You figure it out. Um, cause I can't, I can't, I just don't know how we would enforce it. I don't know what we're trying to protect people from. I don't know well, I do know. I do know this is simply, as I said, this is just another example of politicians needing something to do to justify their paycheck. And they come up with something that they know this person, this guy knew this was going to get talked about. I don't know if he knew that people were going to mock it, but he knew people were going to talk about this. Oh, yeah, I'll get lots of attention for this. I'll get my name out there. And it's just before we start to run an election again. Oh, this is perfect. Everyone's going to know my name. Well, yep, everyone's going to know your name. For a stupid, stupid idea. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. I'm not going to give too long an introduction because we don't need too long an introduction for this next guy. Uh, my next guest, my first guest is someone who is familiar to, I would think, everybody in the city of Hamilton and far, far beyond. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, he has a new book out in addition to everything else that he does. His third book, The Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, Guide to Canadian Inventions. Uh, his name is Steve Smith, although some of you will know him better as Red Green. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure, Scott. Good to be here. Uh, is it Red or is it Steve? What do people call you? 
well, Red Green is certainly more famous than, than I am. In fact, I have signed my name as Red Green more than I have. Really? Yeah, and, and, and Steve Smith had a 45-year head start. So. <laughs> <laughs> but most people out and, out and about, I would think, would recognize you as Red Green, not as Steve Smith. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I find the hat's a big part of it. If I have that field maneuvers cap on, I'm Red Green, but as long as I keep that off, I'm okay. Well, I'll tell you a funny story, um, and I was talking about it in the break with you. I have a friend who moved up from Texas, and they knew of Red Green. They watched on PBS down in right. Texas. Yeah. And you won't remember this story, but he had a birthday party near your house at a house near your place years ago when he moved up here. And you showed up, I guess, as a guest, as a favor to whoever was oh. hosting. You wouldn't remember. And walked in the door, but you weren't wearing a hat. Oh, yeah. And he did you no introduced idea. yourself to him, and he looked at you like, oh, Steve, nice to meet you. And then you did the voice, <laughs> and his eyes went boing, and it was like, oh, it's red-green. Yeah, and funny. with the hat on, it changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, I, the last few years I've been just touring, doing one-man shows, and uh, we do a meet-and-greet afterwards. And the oddest things happen, like uh, the main comment I get are from girls. Like they'll be in their late 20s now, women now. But this is a show they watch with their dad. And, you know, the show kind of helped explain why their dad is the way he is. <laughs> for better or for, for worse. For better or for whatever. Yeah. Well, it's kind of neat. But that's got to be for someone who created a character. Yeah. That's got to be kind of a, a, an amazing thing when you, your two worlds have sort of collided. So one has taken over the other. It, you know, it's actually, it's a miracle. And, and I, I really shouldn't have a career. There's nothing that I'm doing that is correct. <laughs> you know, if you if you see uh, somebody out doing comedy now, they're either angry or obscene or both. You know, I'm actually neither one, and so I'm I'm, I'm kind of like a, I don't know a marshmallow or something. I shouldn't. <laughs> I'm more like a throwback. You know, I'm like vaudeville or or the '50s or something. You know, but anyway, there's still there's people out there who have my sense of humor. Thank God. Where where did Red Green come from? It started. My wife and I were doing a show here out of Hamilton. Of We've course, in Hamilton Smith forever. And Smith. Smith and Smith. And I would do these little bits of like one minute or two minutes every every week. And so I th I needed another character to add. And there was a guy on uh, it was actually Bayton, but CTV. Let's say uh, the Red Fisher show was yes. A, okay, Scuttlebutt Lodge. Scuttlebutt Lodge, <laughs> and he would and he would recite his own poems and everything. I was just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't get over it. It was like. He thought nothing would bore you, you know. <laughs> and like, he tried to prove it. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I got some fun with that. I'm gonna create my own kind of red fish. That's why I picked red, <laughs> and I picked green because that, that's the dumbest last name you could ever have. And then I did like a one or two minute bit on Smith and Smith, and uh, the crew was laughing. We didn't have a live audience or anything. And I enjoyed it, and then. Over time, that evolved into my wife didn't want to do TV anymore, and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And they gave me a chance to do the Red Green Show. It was supposed to be one season. All done, 1990, summer job, goodbye. Well, it's been endless summer. Did you know what the Red Green show was going to be when they said do Red Green? No, I, I had to go in there with the idea. So Rick, Rick, Rick Green, ironically, he's not too many names. Uh, for, for, for a big country, you don't have enough names. But anyway, we <laughs> created the whole concept of the handyman thing and the adventure films and all of the, the various segments we were going to use. And then I went in and presented that and... They said, sure, go ahead. You know. I what, I, what I said, Scott, honestly, was give me enough money that I can do something, but not enough that you care what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Just ignore me. Yeah, just yeah. leave me alone. Apathy has been my best friend <laughs> my whole career. But I, I actually went back today and I was looking at one of the very early, because it's on YouTube, one of the early, sure. early clips of yeah. Red Green on Smith & Smith. Oh, really? And you're wearing, a, I think it's a green John Deere hat with a yellow a duck, a rubber, duck, rubber duck strapped to your I head. I it at Walmart. I went up and tried a few on. 
Was that it, like a pre-made hat that you bought, or did you put it together? No, it was a pre-made hat, and then I put the duck on it, right? <laughs> but I had to have a certain duck, and I'm trying on ducks, and customers are walking away from me at high speed. <laughs> did it Did it click? But well, obviously, you evolved it then. I mean, it, it's it's changed to its to its look that it took on, but did it click right away? Like, as soon as it happened, did everyone start writing you and saying, hey, that's great? No, you know, uh, I didn't know that it had clicked until it was canceled. The show was canceled in its I think we, uh, second season. And CHCH had some financial difficulties. They kind of canceled everything. And I thought, well, that's, that's, that's what happens in television. Well, the letters, holy cow, from Canadians. And on a, for a Canadian show, I mean, this is... So I was getting 1,000 letters a day and going into a mailbox over on uh, uh, Kenilworth. There's a, there's a mail... Literally, like really 1,000 letters? Yeah, unbelievable. And, and, and so I thought, okay, something's going on. I don't know what it is, but something's going on with this. So... Honestly, I put a bunch of the letters into a hockey bag, one of those big hockey equipment bags, and that's when I went south of the border and started calling on distributors and so on to see if I could. I said, you're guessing, I'm guessing. Here's a bunch of letters from people who aren't guessing. They know what they like. And some of them would actually reach into the bag and pull out a letter and make sure I, did, I hadn't faked them all up. And then that's, and that's how we ended up on uh, syndicated on PBS. We had uh, eventually over 100 stations, but I felt like, I may not get by the programmer, but I think if I can get to the audience, I'll have enough people that care about what I'm doing based on what the reaction had been here in Canada. And uh, it, t- it turned out to be true. Were most of those letters from Canadians or were they, were they from They're all everywhere? Canadians. It was only on at CHCH. That's, oh, that's true, of course. This yes. is all Canadians from here. Yeah. People who are listening to us right now, were the one, some of them know who they are, and they sent those letters in. It was just like, oh my gosh. And so I ended up being able to keep the show alive. We did it in London for the next year. But... At that moment, I changed. Like, I'm not doing this show for anybody except the audience anymore. I'm not doing it for the broadcaster or the advertiser or anything. So we started using a live audience. And that's when the show really started to take off. Because it was television as opposed to on a stage, you don't get immediate feedback. So no. did you have any, did you, before those letters started coming in, did you know you had that kind of? Not a clue. Not a clue. No. You weren't getting recognized out on the street like you are now. No. We had reviewers, television reviewers that liked the show because it was kind of brave to be that stupid. And, <laughs> and, and, no, and no women on the show, That's... but not in a sexist way, in a, in a way that this is what men do when you're not around. This is why you need to be around. <laughs> you, you say you, you came up with the concepts. Are you a handy guy to begin with? Like I am on, a handy guy. You are. So this is something that comes naturally to you. The ideas that you came up with. Were, yeah. were legitimate ideas that you yeah. could imagine doing. Yeah. I, I think the primary thing is that I have a comedy mind, I think. I see things differently than other people do, and some people find that amusing, thank God. <laughs> I also have a mechanical ability, so you take that, that way of looking at things differently, and then you apply it in the mechanical world, and you end up turning a, a clothes dryer into a popcorn machine. You know? <laughs> Again, I was watching a whole bunch today. Uh, one of them, and I was killing myself laughing, was a, an episode you did or a skit, a, a skit episode, whatever, uh, turning a car into a uh, French fry and hamburger. Oh my gosh! Uh, carb- it was a carbecue. The carbecue. The carbecue. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, again, just what you're saying. That 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 takes a special twisted mind to think yeah. that through and then come up with, and then figure out how do we do a show that we actually could sort of sort of make it look like this could actually be a thing. Yeah. I mean, most of the things worked a little bit for a little while, you know, which is good. Enough. People just bought into the concept of it. I think it's kind of Canadian to be sort of self-reliant and, you know, I can't just pick up the phone and get somebody to fix this. i got to fix it not only with my own hands but with what I have there. You know, if all I have is a snowblower and this and that and a roll of duct tape, then I'm going to find a way to make it work. But do, So where do you uh, – okay, you can come up with 
five, ten ideas when you just sit down. But yeah. when you're having to come up with series, season after season, are you lying in bed at two in the morning and a thought pops in your head? Or are you walking by a junkyard and see something, go, oh, I could do something. Where do you? Where does it come from? Yeah, well, all of that. I mean, I was the head writer, but I wasn't the only writer. So we always had a team of four or five guys. But everyone else has to also be reasonably handy yes. enough to yes. imagine it. Yes. Yeah, they have their own strengths. Not all of them had the mechanical side. <laughs> so that was an issue. But just in general... I have a file of 100 ideas at all times. Like right now, if you go to my house, there's a file on my computer with 100 ideas in it. And every time I use one, I put two more back in. So I've always got that kind of pool to go to. They're not all great, but there's got to be one in there that I can do something with. Do you have a, was there one favorite thing that you ever came up with, your idea that you thought, this is just the, the most perfect idea I've ever you know, come there, up with? There were a, honestly, there were a bunch. And then in the very final episode, and I ended the series. We, we didn't get canceled. It was just like two years ahead. I thought, I can do two more years then I want to quit. The last handyman corner was a perpetual motion machine. So the ultimate handyman project. And it would have worked, but I couldn't get it started. And th- <laughs> that to me was that's the epitome of my handyman career. You said you say you stopped the show. You stopped in 2006, right? Yeah. So two, it's been a decade. 2005, we, yeah, 2005 in November, we shot it, but it was on the air in the spring of 2006, and that was it, yeah. But again, it's been over 10 years oh. now since you've been on, and you are still, well, I mean, first of all, you still look with the beard, you still know, but you've kept the beard. You, you've yeah. kept your appearance, so sort of, it yeah. could pass as red green. But you're still recognized. Yeah, I, you know, I just finished a very short uh, U.S. mini tour, and th- my the audiences up for for my live shows are getting younger. It's weird. I, I I met a kid. He's like nine years old. I said to him, you know what? You weren't alive when I stopped doing the show, and your dad wasn't alive when I started doing it. Like <laughs> this is this is insane. But they see it on YouTube, like you mentioned. Some of them aren't even aware that it was ever on television. So it's a, it's a new world. The tour, and I, I looking at the dates, it was uh, um, Minnesota and Vermont yeah. and New Hampshire. And you were saying earlier that this was such a Canadian thing. Maybe not. I mean, he is very Canadian, obviously. He's got that Red Fisher yeah. thing. But you, again, my friend in Texas yeah. who saw this, I mean, it obviously crosses borders. There are obviously red greens oh, yeah. elsewhere in the world. I've been everywhere from Tampa to uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, and I just keep meeting the same guy, you know? So <laughs> They don't care. That, you've got the kids in the audience, yeah. but are there not the same appearance necessarily, but are there always a flock of real life red green oh, type people oh, that yeah, are there? Absolutely. I'm their hero. You know, whoever thought there'd be a guy on television <laughs> that looked like them, you know, just describe your average fan then the typical fan, the, the most what? common fan. Honestly, honestly, it's impossible. Uh, you know, we have neurosurgeons who are huge fans. Uh, that we had an astrophysicist fly in from Arizona to one of my shows to get me to sign his paddle, you know. So, and then we've got all the blue collar guys, you know, the plumbers and electricians and so on. So it's a, and a wide range of age and it's just, and a lot of women, like I say, those, those girls who watched with their dad, it's really hard to identify my, my audience. But I always think that it would be me, you know, you, when you do a TV show and you're the sort of central character, you think your audience is going to be you. Well, it's not always. They, they, have a, they seem to have my attitude and they have my sense of humor, but they don't look like me and they don't live where I live. And so, I mean, it's uh, like I say, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a miracle. Uh, I still really enjoy uh, connecting with the people. So that's the part that from the beginning, I think they could sense that, that this was something that was uh, trying, making an effort to cross the bridge. Well, I wonder if something else too about you, the persistent popularity of this. There are a lot, not shows like yours, not comedy shows, obviously, but there's so many shows now on all the stations of yeah. fix it yourself, do it yourself, whether it's home repairs or do it, rebuild a car or whatever. I mean, 
if you watch enough of those shows and then you stumble on YouTube and you see someone poking fun yeah. at those very things, that's true. you can see how that would yeah, that's resonate true. with people. No, that's true. That's true. And, and, and a lot of guys have tried to do things on their own with you know, not great results. So they like to see somebody who's actually worse than them. Makes them feel a little bit better. Has anybody in real life ever asked you to come over and help them fix something? No. <laughs> no, they haven't, surprisingly. <laughs> Not even Steve Smith? Oh, Steve Smith, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I, there's huge pressure. You, if you're you know, red-green, well, you got to fix it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Scott. <laughs> if you've got something that, that's not running and should be or that's broken and needs to work, I'm your guy. If you've got something you want to build to make it pretty, make it look nice, <laughs> refinish it, I am not your guy. <laughs> it's going to be rough around the edges. It yeah, may absolutely. run. Your book. Let's talk about the book for a minute. Uh, Canadian Inventions, the woulda, coulda, shoulda book of Canadian Inventions. Uh, we actually have a ton of Canadian inventions. Over the years, there's, oh, there's lists and lists and lists of oh, yeah, things. Oh, amazing. What's our best one? Because you must have looked through so many of these. What do you think is our best one? Well, you know, that's, uh, it's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, the cardiac pacemaker is pretty big if you just had a heart attack, right? You say that's your, yeah. your best one. I mean, insulin is pretty good. I mean... <laughs> Instant replay, you know, that's pretty good. That uh, was a Canadian invention? Canadian invention. And the guy the guy got heck for it because he was working for CBC Toronto, and he didn't tell anybody. He just tried it in a hockey game, and he got into all kinds of junk because <laughs> the, the advertising agency was mad because they could have sold the rights to do it, and the CBC was mad at him because they, he didn't tell the Montreal guy to do it because the Montreal and Toronto had to be the same yes. equal, you know, okay. so, sociology at work. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, I mean, just... The Jolly Jumper. I mean, I to me, mm. that, yeah, I, that was. Just, I don't think the yeah, Death Machine. Exactly. So I, have, I still have stitches on my finger here from, from a Jolly, Jolly Jumper, jumper. Oh, yeah. when I was a kid. I, Jolly Jumper and lawn darts. <laughs> eh? It's like a suicide attempt. Yeah, the Jolly Jumper. Uh, apparently, my parents tell me I was way too young to remember, but apparently, I jumped a little too vigorously you and uh, the thing down? They came down and yeah. got stitches as a kid. So <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Death Machine. What's our worst invent? Maybe the Jolly Jumper is that answer too. What's our worst invention? <laughs> You know, I we invented the foghorn, and it's, it's in the book. It's in the book, you know, but I, I go on and on about it in the book. It's like, you know, I mean, a foghorn, okay, but you know what's really good? A fog light, because you can tell where the light is coming from. Yes. You can't tell where the horn comes from. Yeah, like, like a foghorn without a light on it is not, okay, I'm going to hit something. I don't know where it is, but I'm going to hit it. Canadians didn't invent duct tape, did they? No. How did you, did you ever get a sponsorship or an endorsement oh, yeah. dealer? You 3M. did. Three M. Three M was involved all the way through, and they they helped sponsor our movie. And yeah, they. So you did make some money off duct tape. Well, yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not sure they paid cash, but I mean, they would they'd supply all the duct tape. That's for sure for a credit, and they they did put some money into our movie. I believe. I, I don't know. I I don't handle that. at that time. I wasn't handling the business end, which is why it did so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this book, just we got a few more minutes left before yeah. we. Uh, the book is fun. There's about, I think there's about 50 real inventions in there, but then we just kind of spin off it. This is how this invention should have been used. Or here's an invention that we came up with. Like one guy came up, the lodge came up with magnetic shoes, uh, runners. He, he was a jogger and he thought it would, be, it would be helpful, good for your circulation if you had magnetic shoes, especially when you're running north. <laughs> so, unfortunately, one night he was out jogging, tractor trailer went by with a load of steel eye beams and we never saw him again. So there's that, there's that kind of, you know, stuff in it. So uh, to me, I like the book. It's funny. You read it, it entertains you, but at the end of it, you learn about these uh, Canadian inventions and uh, makes you feel, actually makes you feel really good about, about Canada because uh, not a lot of people that come up with so many world-class no. Inventions. No, do you, I mean, you? You obviously were the main writer for your show. Do you find the writing easy when you sit down to do a book? Does it just fly out of you, or are you down in the basement grinding away 
in your solid fortress of solitude trying to come up with ideas. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I am fortunate. I, it, it does come pretty good. If I'm in the mood, you know, I, I've got to feel, I've got to feel optimistic. If I'm optimistic, it's just, you know, away it goes. But I, I've never been short of, of, you know, my mind spinning things off. When I was in public school, I was in the same, I had the same teacher for three years, and I was the only kid in the class who was allowed to speak out, because I wasn't disruptive, but I would say things and they'd laugh, and it would kind of you know, make the lesson more entertaining or whatever. So I've always had that. It's, um, do you have to become Red Green to do it? Or can you be Steve Smith and come up with Red Green's ideas? Like, do you have to get right, are you, you're not a, you're not a, a what do you call it? A uh, getting right into character. No, uh, you method, don't have to, method, method actor. actor. You're not one of those. No, I'm not at all. And don't forget, I created the character. So it came from within to begin with. So uh, there's a blurry line between me, between me and Red Green. I'll tell you a story if you got a minute. Absolutely. Uh, one guy that, the guy that supplied all our cars and everything, uh, he said to me, I can get you a, a TTC bus. Are you interested? I said, yeah, yeah, give me a bus. <laughs> so he gets me a bus. I'm like, what am I going to do with a bus? Well, I decided, you know how they, they have these cigarette boats where you sit at the back and there's this long deck, you know, like 40 feet long, yeah. right? Well, I'm going to make a cigarette car, okay? So I'm going to take the roof off the bus, <laughs> take all the windows, drop the roof down, drive from the back seat. So you got this hood, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, it was a fun idea, okay, but I mean, to actually do it, I got to hire a crane to come in and they, first of all, the crane takes a load of the, of the roof and then they cut all the windows out and then they got to drop that down, weld out. It took me three weeks to shoot this two-minute bit, right? And it cost a fortune. <laughs> it was funny, but I said, you know, It's like the Johnny LaRue yeah. crane shot as we're talking about John Candy Yeah, today. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly like that. So then it, I guess all done and he says to me, the guy, same guy who got me the bus says, hey, I can get you 175 subway cars. I said, get the <laughs> heck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bit of work. You, I mean, you obviously had a lot of fun. we got a minute or two left. Yeah. You obviously had a lot of fun earlier, even before Red Green. This is where it came from, was Smith & Smith working with your wife, working yeah. with Mark. Yeah. Does she either serve as your guide or bear the brunt of your ideas before they go in front of the public? Does no. She, you don't run them all by no, her? No, I don't run any of them by her. Oh, Is, is that good or bad for her? Uh, I think it's good for her because... Uh, <laughs> You know, she just doesn't have that perspective. She she thinks that they're all ridiculous and stupid and everything. But of course they are. That's the appeal. That's, that's the point. Yeah. You smarten things up and you ruin them, you know. You perfect something. And, it, like, great is not better than good. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go we're in, at the top of the hour. We are uh, we are going to you're going to be sticking around. Just before I send you, uh, before I send us to the, uh, to the next break, do you ever sit there some days and go, I can't even believe that this has all happened like this. Oh, absolutely. Does it ever catch you off guard that oh. you go, I just can't believe that this has worked this well? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's a dangerous thought because I get intimidated by it and I, I can't do anything. I, you know, it's, I fluked one. You know, you just, you just fluked a three-pointer from 80 feet away. Don't shoot again the rest of your life. So I don't want to get... But, but yeah, I mean, I am... I'm, I consider myself very, very lucky. I have a certain amount of talent and I was in the right place at the right time and then luck. I mean, absolutely. I got the Order of Canada. They phoned me saying, you're getting the Order of Canada. I thought that meant everybody was getting it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you showed up as Steve Smith for that. Yeah, well, that was Steve That's Smith too bad. Yeah. What would they have done if you showed up as Red Green know, at yeah. Rideau Hall for the Order of Canada? I don't know. There could have been trouble. <laughs> could have been trouble. Governor General and all that. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. It is November 1st. That means it is the start of the greatest event in the history of the great city of Hamilton. <laughs> Novemberger, it's the greatest event every year. Uh, 76, I believe. Martinez Jalensi is here who uh, runs this, overlooks this. Yes, we've got the glorious music again, the angelic choir descending. 
Uh, 76 burgers this year? 76 burgers, yeah, in two cities, Hamilton and Burlington. Uh, that is uh, up from what was the first year? First year we had 31. So you're do- you've over doubled. We have. Well, let's start going through these. We're going to give people some samples. We're going to describe some. Now, we can only get through probably 10 today. Um, <laughs> that means there are 66 that remain undescribed. Uh, Linda, uh, Louise, pardon me. Louise is here from Rankin's with her offering called the Bull in the Bun. Mm-hmm. What is the bull in the bun? So, As I take a bite of this, keep talking. <laughs> okay, so the bull in the bun, it was created, um, we make our own house-made burgers. Uh, we've been established at 1342 Main Street East for um, just over 37 years as a neighborhood restaurant. So the Nickelodeon is our kind of a staple sandwich, which is the roast beef with melted mozzarella and a garlic local um, bakery bun. And then we added the six-ounce patty, house-made beef, all-beef patty, and then two ounces of our shaved prime rib as well. So all together, it's one pound of glorious all-prime <laughs> meat, and it's served on um, a great local Portuguese bun. This is truly unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're one bite in. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> fantastic. It's I fantastic. can't stop. I know I have yeah. so many burgers to go, but this is, it is really I eat, delicious. I could eat about six of these right now, I'm telling you. this is. Uh, where did you come up with the idea, though, for this, to mix all these different meats? Um, we just wanted a little sample of everything that we do at the restaurant. Um, we've been serving uh, our neighborhood for, like I said, 37 years, and uh, the Nickelodeon um, and our burgers are something, a favorite that everyone comes back to seem to have, and uh, when they, you know, have uh, want to reacquaint themselves with Rankins, that's usually the staple sandwich. So, have you guys done this before? Have you done November burger before? Yes, we've participated. This is our third time participating. And so. how was your response to the other ones? Fabulous. Like, tons of people coming yeah. in. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. You know, Scott, about 20 years ago, a little old lady asked, where's the beef? Well, here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. true. Clara Peller would be Clara uh, Peller. would be thrilled to know <laughs> that she finally got an answer. Uh, Louise, <laughs> for those who don't know, where would people find Rankin's Grill if they want to try this? And believe me, you should try this. Yeah, where would they go? We're at 1342 Main Street East. We're just uh, two blocks west of Kenilworth. And we're right on Main. And we've, uh, yeah, we're, well, we're happy to see everybody that comes in and... November Burger has been a great success at our restaurant. There are herds of cattle that are hoping people yeah. don't decide to come <laughs> in. But everyone else should give it a try. Oh, Louise, thanks really for doing good. this. This Thank is delicious. Yeah. This thanks is really, much. really, really great. Uh, what, what do you think, Martinez? Uh, it is good. It is heavy. It is big. Um, I'm not a foodie, so I can't go through the layers of this and dissect this in a, in a foodie kind of way. But I can tell you that if I go to a Thai cat game and it's cold outside, this is exactly what I want to eat afterwards. I'll, I'll tell you this much about it. Uh, we each have a half <laughs> of this. <laughs> and um, and I am uh, saving this one for the end because I'm going to finish this one when we get to the end of it. I'll find space to put this one in. <laughs> you say that now. No, I will. <laughs> I will find space. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Um, Blair has just moved in <laughs> has, uh-huh. has from Hamburger. Good. Now, Hamburger is, is one of the... Uh, one of probably the best-known hamburger places, wow, ironically. Titans. Yeah, since mm-hmm. it's uh, got that name. Uh, Blair, what do we have in front of us here other than gigantic? <laughs> this is called Crunch Your Munchies. Crunch Your Munchies. Yeah, so it's got uh, bar- black garlic and hemp aioli, um, lettuce, beer-braised pickles, two four-ounce patties with American cheese, and Worcester-dusted t- potato chips. Wow. I'm not sure that any human can 
No, you have to unhinge your jaw. Unhinge your jaw like a rattlesnake. Got a little pat down, crunch. Oh, a pat down. Okay. Oh, you can hear that. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, right there. I need a garlic press. That's impressive. This is a huge... This is a huge burger. I thought the last one was huge. This, this is, is a, uh, this is a like, commitment. This is <laughs> oh, I guess you guys have never been to hamburger before. <laughs> well, we ha- well actually that's not true. We um, we have been many times, and every year when you guys do uh, November burger, it is always honestly it's always one of the most amazing burgers. It, it is. Um, yeah, we sold, we sold like 2,200 of those last year. Wow. I think you guys got started right around the time of the first November burger, right? Yeah, just before. Yeah. So November burger actually uh, has a funny relationship with hamburger because. You know, we're Novemberger, they're Hamburger. But the first year that no, uh, Hamburger participated in Novemberger, they uh, they won for the most burgers sold, which is one of the awards that we hand out at oh, the yeah, end of yeah. the festival. And they had something like 672 burgers sold in, in 30 days, which we thought was like, holy cow, no one's ever going to beat that. So the next year they beat that in the first week. <laughs> and uh, no way. and then they like you said sold sold well over 2000 burgers which is which is just unbelievable. So we're very curious to see what happens this year and with a burger like this I'd say you're uh, stiff competition. Oh, this is amazing. By the way, I forgot to introduce half the I was so excited about the burgers. <laughs> I introduced Martinez Jalensi who organized it. Terry Pakoski <laughs> is the women's voice you're hearing. She's a uh, sports writer with the Spectator and also a burger aficionado who's been on a bit of a burger break, so we're dragging her back into the burger world tonight. I know. <laughs> it's it's, it's like quite a relapse, way to dive in. You know, I'm relapsing right now. Yeah, there are people who have drug problems who are listening going, I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, Steve Smith, uh, Red Green, who stuck around from last hour and is um, one I'm of our I'm only sandwich. here for the burgers, Scott. That's mm-hmm. Without the burgers, I'm, I'm not. Gonna... I won't take it personally. Okay, I'm, good. I'm only here for the burgers, too. This is good stuff. Uh, Blair, you guys, did you guys sell the most last year or yep. close to it? Around Number one? 200, I think. Yep, the most. I understand yeah, why. I understand why. Blair, this is uh, outstanding. Uh, hamburger. For people who don't know, there are two locations now for Hamburger, right? Yep. Uh, one on King William Street, uh, Houston. And uh, 207 Ottawa Street North. Uh, so far, this is two for two. No oh, swings yeah, and misses yeah. on these ones. No. This is. Uh, I like I, the pickle a lot. The yeah. pickle, the yeah. crunchy part of it, because yeah. there's chips on there, which, yeah. you know, is it's kind unusual. of like a really elevated Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but way, right. way yeah. beyond. Really yeah. 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 It's, no, it really um, it does have that dill flavor in it, too, that you. Uh, yeah. Ex- Blair, excellent job. Thanks mm-hmm. for bringing this. Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. I'm saving that one too. I'm going to yeah, be gorging <laughs> at the end here because just uh, stacking them up here. I know. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a remarkable. So far, two for two, no question about it. Um, Mike from Batula. Hey, how's it going? Great. Everything with, is good. That with what you call the now. Wonder Burger. Yeah. First of all, where's Batula? I'm not familiar with Batula. So Batula's uh, downtown Dundas, just outside the core. It's actually the old uh, Schwaben Inn. Oh. Yeah. I know the Schwaben Inn. Mm-hmm. I did not know that it was now Batula. Yep. And so what? Uh, what is Batula? What kind of food generally would you describe Batula as serving? So it's the seasonal chef-driven, you know, thoughtful menu. Changes uh, Menu changes about uh, six to eight times a, a year. Okay. Um, thought, thoughtful cocktails, changing desserts, trying to use as much uh, local businesses, um, the farmer's markets. And um, we're not really being tied down to any sort of... Uh, real cuisine, any sort of ethnic cuisine, but... Uh, How long have you been there? How long is... Only three months, actually. I was... See, I, okay, I don't feel quite so bad then for not knowing because no. it's... Um, no, that's okay. We're kind of a kind of a sneaky restaurant right now. Uh, and, well, what... I mean, this is... So obviously, this is your first time into November, so why do it? Why did you guys decide to jump in? Um, actually, 
my wife just had a baby. So my uh, front of house manager and my chef de cuisine right now have kind of been running the show. <laughs> and they basically told me that we're doing this. And <laughs> that's okay because I, I stand behind our burger. We use um, uh, ground beef from Cumbrae's down the street. So it's, it's extremely, you know, high quality beef. And um, you know everybody. Everybody loves our burger. Burgers, uh, people that come in, and I mean, we make the we make the bun from scratch. We we make everything from scratch. So what is on it? Tell us what this burger is. So what's on it is uh, so eight ounces of the uh, Cumbrae ground beef that they actually grind specifically for us. Uh-huh. Um, we have a aged Gruyere cheese. Uh, we do a mushroom gravy, uh, sauerkraut, which we also ferment in house, and uh, our house cured bacon. So yeah, every everything we we make in house, so that the chefs are there early and sauerkraut is way underused as a burger accessory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why we want to use it. We we still put a pickle on top, but uh, yeah, sauerkraut sauerkraut makes it uh, a little that's bit different. Good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's very um, it's very moist. Oh yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. It's yeah. it's rich. Yeah, there's a pretty high. Um, I mean the 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 ground beef too has got a special flavor because it comes from aged dry aged steaks. So um, basically, when you're when you're eating it, it's it's a lot of the trim from the dry aged ribeyes, the dry aged strip loins, dry aged tenderloins, all the stuff, all the great stuff at uh, Cumbrae's Butcher Shop in downtown Dundas. You're probably not coming in if you're on a strict diet to have this burger. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you're no. not on a great diet, uh, this would be one to try for sure. This is outstanding. Yeah. Really, really good. This is this is. Um, both of them have been, all three have been excellent up to this point. This was, this would be, Terry, I think, said it was like really high end. This this mm-hmm. tastes like a really high end mm-hmm. kind yeah. of gourmet burger. Does yeah. it taste yeah. like a steak? It almost yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What I like about this one is that there are not a huge amount of ingredients, but the ingredients that are there, you can tell each layer, it's good yeah, stuff. I could tell immediately the cumbrae's meat. I think that's fantastic stuff. Cool. Yeah. Hey, you guys need to finish up, though. Very <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Very, you know what? We've got to work our way through. There will be, burgers. 40 minutes from now, there will be significant meat sweats yeah. happening, oh, I yeah. assure you, but that's <laughs> yeah. okay. I'll I'm suffer glad through I won't them. be in this room. <laughs> Mike from uh, Petula, and yeah. you know where it is now, so go check it out. Brand new. Uh, it sounds like fa- it's fantastic. We will definitely be checking it out. Thanks for doing that, Mike. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Excellent right. job. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, uh, Martinez. You're really simple ingredient. Well, not simple I, ingredients. I, I, few ingredients. Yeah, but really high quality. Perfect. But really, really, really yeah. good stuff. Slide her down. Carm hey. from the Parm House. I'm here. With the Sicilian cheeseburger. Nice. Some nice. a little different. Do they make a lot of cheeseburgers in Sicily? <laughs> I've Mom, never heard of that. Mama's off the boat. This is Mama's recipe. Wow. Is that right? Oh, yeah, 100%. This is what we grew up on. It smells good. Yeah. I've so. never actually heard, maybe I've just missed it, of a hamburger from Italy. I know. It's crazy. But Mom, Mom brought this This is over. all inspired by Mom. Yeah, even the whole restaurant, all the all my oh, cooking. Wow. So this is part of our not-so-parm uh, part of our menu. So <laughs> what is it? So it is a combination of uh, pork and beef. There's Parmesan cheese in it. Uh, Italian of herbs course. and spices, and there's some ingredients that I'm not privileged to tell you guys, because <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. mom will break, be very upset about that. But uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a different burger. It's very different. A lot of people will come in the restaurant, mm. they try it, they love it, they come back. Well, I, I'm trying to think of the last time I had a roasted or a cooked red pepper on a burger. Yes. So Which sauteed it, red sauteed, peppers, okay. onions, mushrooms. Which does uh, taste very Italian. Italian. Yes. It tastes very Italian. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It really does. And there's a bit of a spice in it too. Like there's a bit there's of a... There's a lot of spices in no, it. No, there's a lot of spices. There's a little pepper or something. There's a little yeah. something in the background there that you, you get afterwards. It's, 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 well, there is Parmesan cheese in the burger. 
Mm. So we do mix it. So we do make this at you know at the at the restaurant. So it's it's made every almost every day. So, but it's uh, it's it's um you know obviously it's part of United Way. We're going to be doing a lot of contributions. Hopefully, um, you know it's new on our menu, so we want people to come in and try it. It does take 15 minutes cooking time. So pre-order it unless you have some time you can to do wait. That? Oh yeah, you give us a call thepalmhouse.com. You can order online. So it's, uh, we're ready for anyone to come in. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good. Right now. Of, sorry, go of, ahead, Terry. What kind of cheese? Is that provolone on the bottom? Or is no, that it's par- a mozzarella. That is a mozzarella. Yeah, it's a okay. mozzarella. The Parmesan cheese okay. is actually in the burger. In the burger. It's mixed yes. in the burger. So. Okay. Yeah, so it's, re- it's really neat. It's different. It's different. I'm glad yeah, an opportunity to come like here. It. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine just disappeared. <laughs> uh, oh. Where is the farmhouse? <laughs> so a farmhouse is at 272 Kenilworth Avenue North, right by the center mall. Okay. Yeah, so we're new, a year and a half old. Um, like I said, everything's inspired by my mom, Angela Alfano, if anyone's listening. Mom might be listening. We'll see. They're at uh, Bocci tonight, I think. So, <laughs> But uh, hopefully they're done in time. But we're a brand new Italian restaurant. We do uh, catering. We um, we do a lot of, uh, t- we're, we're all takeout. It's not a dine-in. It's a takeout. And we deliver throughout Hamilton. It yeah. is, um, it, it is. you know what, it is completely different from the other ones we've had so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, completely Absolutely. different flavor. It tastes yeah. like a, yep. I, I say it tastes Italian. It tastes like yeah. Italian food. So it makes sense. Makes very good right? sense. Right, Sicilian <laughs> cheeseburger. If you like Italian it food does. and you like yeah. hamburgers, yeah, it's a good name. this is like an Italian fusion American thing. Sounds, but it's great. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, Carm, appreciate you coming in. Carm from Parm. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks appreciate it. Thanks Thank for you. doing this. Enjoy. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Brendan, from Big Tobacco Kitchen and Whiskey with the BTK Burger. Yes, sir. What is the BTK Burger? Uh, BTK Burger is a uh, ground patty from BG Meats, so uh, they're based out of Ancaster and Simcoe, Simcoe being my hometown, and uh, now I'm I'm in Hamilton. Uh, The... Beef is mixed with a little bit of ground beef or braised beef cheek, sorry, from uh, YU Ranch, which is a grass-fed ranch that's out of Tilsonburg, Ontario. And we have a ketchup made with Jerusalem artichokes. So that's um, a relative of the potato, and uh, they're grown by our friend Pat just north of the city at her organic farm. There really is good. It's good. It's sweet. Right? It is sweet. Yeah. I was going to say there's something really. I don't know what it yeah. is. There's something really different in this. Yeah, the artichoke is roasted. It's very earthy, and we uh, we cook it down with a little bit of apple cider vinegar That's and a little bit of honey from uh, apple cider vinegar is what I just ah, tasted. Yeah, now good. that you say it, yeah. there was something in here that was really unique, and I couldn't. Now you say yeah. it. That's what yeah. it is. Um, I've never actually had apple cider vinegar on a burger. I don't think before, which is probably why it. Stands up. By the way, for anyone who's just tuning in, this month is Novemberger, and we are sitting here sampling various offerings from around the city of Novemberger's. Um, Big Tobacco Kitchen and Whiskey is where, by the way? Uh, 109 George Street, so just off of Hess Village at uh, Queen and George. New or old? You've been there for a long time? uh, We're uh, reaching a year now, so November 25th will be one year. So you didn't do this last year? You didn't do Novemberger last year? Just missed it. (laughs) <laughs> was there any doubt you were going to this time, or does this fall right into your guys' what you do? Is this right into your wheelhouse, or is this a stretch? Uh, you know what? This is a little outside of it for us. We do uh, mostly tasting menu at our restaurant, so people come in. We do between seven and nine courses usually, uh, but we're going to throw this on. We're going to do it for charity and help out the people of Hamilton. So. Wow, awesome. Every bite I've taken, i got to tell you, I, it's, it's a very unique taste. Yeah, that's what I was it's, thinking. It's Stands a very out. unique yeah. taste. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of contrasting flavors. I like that. Because yeah. you, you really can taste everything, you know? Every burger we've had so far has tasted different, but I think this one is the most 
off the burger grid right. that we've had so far that tastes really different. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really good. Really like it. Yep. Uh, big tobacco kitchen and whiskey. Cool name for a place too. Yeah, we. Uh, my brother and I own and operate the place. We grew up on tobacco farms. Simcoe, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, out in that area. <laughs> so we wanted uh, that to be a big part of what we're doing now. And did you also grow up on a whiskey farm? Uh, I spent a lot of time with whiskey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it doesn't. It's not a bad way to end one of these. Yeah. If we had a shot of whiskey here, I think nobody would be complaining right <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, that is fantastic, Brendan. Thanks for doing that. Really Thank great so job. Uh, big Tobacco Kitchen and Whiskey with the BTK Burger. If you want to try that one again, very unique. Yeah. Very good, but very unique taste. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, as we keep rolling here. Now, this one I saw the picture right. for this one, and this was one of the more unique. Because all the pictures are on, Martinez, on uh, novemberger.ca. At novemberger.ca. That's kind of the hub for the whole festival. You can yep. see the pictures of everything we're eating. You can also look on Twitter. Uh, we're tweeting out photos of every burger that we're eating here, yeah. if you're on Twitter, to see what we're talking about. Now, this one, as presented right now, wow. uh, as uh, Barry from Max Resto Lounge, this is the hot mess. Now, it's not... As hot or as not as messy, I guess, as it's it would as be. It's not as messy because we had to travel. We had to travel. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Explain yeah. what, in its glorious homemade form, this would actually look like. It would be a lot saucier than it is tonight because we want you to have the sauce that runs over to the fries as well. Because the there's roast. a lot of sauce on this yes, normally. absolutely, normally. Um, we do everything in-house from our bread to desserts. So that's a fresh baked Moroccan frena that's on there. And uh, the burger itself is uh, a six-ounce top mm. sirloin, ground chuck, with Cajun shrimp, uh, sharp cheddar mornay, arugula, and uh, heirloom tomatoes. Cajun shrimp is amazing. Thank you. On there. It really is amazing. I tasted it right away. I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught the mm-hmm. the shrimp and the Cajun stuff. This is... Yeah. Um, Bit of a kick. It's nice. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, what would the sauce be? If the sauce was doused all over this and going over the fries, what was in the sauce? It would be... Uh, Three kinds of sharp cheddar, a touch of cream, salt, pepper, and garlic. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you do this last year? November? No, this is our first year in. Our oh, first year in, bi- yeah. in, the, in the show or in the event or in, in the business? Event. No, no, no. I've been in the business for 30 years. Yeah. So why, why now to join November? Was that? It was the first opportunity that Burlington got a chance to participate. And uh, we like to give back a little bit to the community. And it was a great way to do it. Had you been to a number of the Novemberger Actually, I'd never heard of it until really? I went to uh, downtown Burlington and mm-hmm. was introduced, and I was on board right away. The reason I ask that is because sometimes to come up with a unique concept, you get you know you experience some of the other ones. This is very unique. This yeah. flavor is very unique for a burger. Thank you. Yeah, Max Max Resto Lounge is a is a global restaurant where our menu is very globally focused. You you'll find things from all over the all over the globe on mm. our menu. It's uh, it's a great place to go for drinks and have small plates or, or a decadent dining experience. We also have uh, entertainment four nights a week, and we're in North Burlington. It's uh, it's going really well so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally really happy to have Max Restaurants participating because uh, it, it really shows that the festival's growing you know, beyond Hamilton. I mean, the address is Itabashi Way, right? Yeah. So that's that's yeah. pretty cool because, you know, for a lot of Hamiltonians, they have to look at a map to find Itabashi Way, and that's that's exciting. So yeah. um, I really hope that people go out and, and try these different restaurants and, you know, grow beyond the borders of Hamilton. And, and you know, we, we connected initially, Barry, at the uh, Burlington Restaurant Association yes. meeting, I think, and the BRA yeah. has been 
really, really supportive of this festival and really helped us grow this to Burlington this year. So a huge shout out to them and, and congratulations to you on this. Well, thank very, you. Very, very good. Uh, Steve, what would Red Green say about the burgers so far? I go with the quantity end. <laughs> you know, I think the one we just had is a high-end burger. Red might have that as his last meal. If <laughs> 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 he was blessed. on death row, he'd go with that one? <laughs> yeah, you can tell that's a high-end burger, though. Yeah. It is. It was, um, I don't know, I hope this is It's not a high-end price, though. Even better. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I hope this isn't an insulting thing to say about a burger, but I actually felt, it, this is, and it's a weird word to use, but I thought it was kind of delicate, almost. It was like, some of the burgers are just like... Because mm-hmm. the, bu- the bun is really mm. uh, poofy, for a lack of... Yeah, better yeah, word yeah, it is yeah. it's so light and uh, yeah. well it was baked this morning so. did you bake wow. it yourself yeah, oh yes wow. everything yeah, in everything house. in house wow. wow like i said from bread the bun's to delicious yeah uh barry from max resto lounge again where in burlington are you we're between walkers and appleby just off upper middle road really Itabashi way 2180 itabashi make sure you go and give it a try it's not only a new place but it is also uh great food obviously barry thanks for doing yeah, this yeah and entertainment four nights a week awesome yeah thanks thank you uh by the way as i said as barry's going um all these burgers you can see all of them on twitter but you can also find all of them online at novemberger.ca so you can see pictures you can see what's in them uh, i guarantee you if you are hungry and you go online to novemberger.ca Bad things are going to happen because you are, or good things. I don't know. Something is going to happen. You are not. It is not going to be an inert experience. No, you no. will. You it's will. It's compelling. Oh, it's compelling. <laughs> oh, it's compelling. And I can tell you, seeing it in person. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is. Uh, um, Mike is now in from Coop Wicked Chicken in Burlington. Now there's Coop Wicked Chicken in Hamilton too, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yes. We have Hamilton location right on uh, Main and Hess, and in Burlington right uh, right on Brand Street, just uh, about a block up from Lakeshore. I'm going to tell you right off the bat that uh, I was so disappointed last year that I didn't get to Coop during Burger because of all the burgers that were on the website, it was the one that I looked at and said, "Oh, I got to try that." <laughs> Amazing, yeah. You know, it was a really, really good. When we last year we did the. Uh, Chicken fried bacon, sunny side egg on there. It was the one that I said, I've got to have that one, and somehow <laughs> it. it slipped through. Totally blew it. So I'm thrilled that you're in today. Amazing. What do you think, Terry? Well, I'm, I'm confused. I'll get you to explain this, because this doesn't look like chicken. No, yeah. So, you know what? We are Coop Wicked Chicken, and we are known for our awesome, you know, tastiest cluck chicken, but... Uh, we are, you know, consider ourselves burger specialists too. So what you're eating here is 100% chuck, you know, fresh meat um, with uh, our homemade pimento cheese sauce, nice thick cut bacon, super fresh tomatoes, really nice lettuce, and uh, finished with our coop dip. Not to mention some onions and some pickles on there as well. So, you know, things that, you know, we think are super important are making sure we do the most fresh ingredients and making sure, you know, we don't mess with our products. So when the stuff comes in, you know, when we grab our burger, it's not something we mess around with. We grab it, you know, portion it out, and then it slams on the flat top, salt, pepper, and then you caramelize. The idea is to leave it, let it caramelize, let that flavor build up. When you said pimento, by the way, when you said, was pimento cheese, did you say? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you, the first, it's funny you said that because earlier this year I was down at Augusta at the Masters Tournament and they sell the pimento cheese sandwiches. They're Classic the most famous things. There, and yeah. as soon as I bit this, I said, 
that tastes like the pimento cheese sandwiches uh-huh. down exactly. in Augusta. And that's the thing, right? You know, we're that sort of 90s nostalgia. You know, we got the music bumping, you know, board games there. You know, get in, do your thing. You know, awesome movies playing. So it's that those classic flavors, too. And when you have the quality and you have the classic flavors, I think that's the stuff that, that wins people's hearts, right? And that's where you get the repeat business. You get my repeat business. This, <laughs> I, would, I would come and eat good. this again. Yeah, it's good. Good, good. What does everyone else think? Good? A profound good. amount of flavor awesome. on this burger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like, you take the bun. When you have a nice fresh bun, you smother it in butter. Mm-hmm. You get on the flat top. You caramelize that bun. Like I said, if you treat everything, you know, amazingly, then the end product, that's what you're going to get out of it, right? Oh, it is. Um, it's hard to talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful that none of the restaurants this year have names that with a full mouth will cause me to swear accidentally, as happened once with another restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, one restaurant that had a name that sounded like something bad, and when I tried to say it with oh, a mouthful no. of burger, I said it. <laughs> I'm thrilled that doesn't happen again this year. <laughs> that was a spectacular moment. That really was. Uh, some people were passing burgers through their noses that night, yep. I think, laughing. But, Mike, this is amazing. The uh, Coop Wicked Chicken... In Burlington, are they all now? Is the one in Hamilton also? Or are you independent of each other? No, absolutely. We're both going with a November burger. So stop in at both locations. Different or the same? Same. Same, same burger. Same burger. Same burger. Yep. And try, you know, don't stop there. Try the sides. Try the fried chicken, bone-in chicken. Try everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm. It's, I'll. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> Good. I'll vouch for that. This is fantastic. We'll look forward My, to seeing you there. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Excellent job. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Continuing on with the burger exploration here in honor of Novemberger. Day one of Novemberger, you have 30 days. 30 days has to be Yeah, 30 days to get through 76 burgers. So if you have a burger every day for lunch and dinner and two or three times have one for breakfast as well, you can cover Novemberger off, Martinez. Um, Martinez Jelensky, who runs this you're getting to the point, though, where you're actually challenging people's ability to consume enough burgers. We're actually actively encouraging people not to do it. <laughs> because I don't know really how liability works, but I'm assuming <laughs> we're not going to win. So. Um, yeah, you know what? When uh, Steve was saying that he may have to uh, take a photo of the burger so when he goes to emergency, <laughs> they can say, why are you here? Yeah, what happened? Don't have to talk. He's just gurgling. You can just show the plate of uh, this is what happened. Uh, Caitlin is here from Canyon Creek with Chef Watts Burger. I assume your chef is named Watts. Yes, Derek Watts. That would make sense for why the name. Uh, while I take a bite of this, everyone else has already taken a stab at it. Why don't you I'd tell say us? it's about 1,000 watts. <laughs> yes, call it the bite I took. Well, what's what, in it? Tell us what's in it. Yeah, so uh, it's on a homemade sesame bun. We make those every day in the restaurant for all our burgers. Um, on the bun, you've got a blue cheese dressing. Mm. This is kind of a spicy blue cheese with a little bit of sriracha in there. Um, then it's a handcrafted Angus beef patty, and there's got a little bit of sriracha in there, too, so we get a little bit of heat. Um, caramelized onions, and we caramelize it in bacon fat, so it gives it that extra yumminess for the flavor. Uh, then we've got applewood smoked bacon slices, Swiss cheese, uh, tomatoes, and arugula, all to make a sky-high burger for you. Yeah, good. It is burger number two that we had to dislocate our jaws to get around. <laughs> it yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah. It's huge. It is, it is a big burger. It is delicious. I really, really like the sriracha. Thank you. Yes. There's a real smoky kind of taste afterwards. Yeah, it's uh, definitely kind of not for the people who don't like a lot of spice, but maybe like a medium spice for the burger. Yeah. It's 
good taste for them. It's very, very, very tasty. Mm-hmm. But a taste for people who do like the bacon. Yes, bacon, lots of yeah. bacon. We might have slipped an extra slice of bacon on for you guys <laughs> today. Just to sweeten We're not the complaining. No. Yeah. There are no scores. <laughs> That's what we need. So just like you guys had this challenge, our team actually had a contest in our restaurant to make these burgers. So I myself know how much pain you're in because we had to try seven burgers that our team members made. Oh, and each, each person made one? Yeah, and that was the winning one, so it made it on the menu. So oh, cool. I feel cool. your pain of trying all these burgers because that's what we had to do, and the Watts burger made it the final cut. Love the heat, though. I don't know about yeah. you guys. I love yeah, yeah, spicy no, food. Good. Yeah, I like the it. But I find the, the arugula kind of cuts it, you know? No, yeah. the spicier the better. And we haven't had, there hasn't been a spicy one to this point. And that's, you know, that, that makes it stand out that Perfect. it's, um, I mean, I guess that's you kind of have to be careful a little bit in a restaurant because if it is that spicy, some people blanch a little but i i'm i'm saying no go for it you like spicy this is the burger if you have draft beer we're fine oh we got yeah. 20 beers on top oh, so you're you good go. you <laughs> go. lost leader it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is uh, now t- true or false in the restaurant when you know the people are going to be drinking beer do you make it a little bit hotter <laughs> no <laughs> be smart though I always maybe get some salty snacks out for yeah, them when yeah, they're drinking yeah. beer i always <laughs> heard that story about the chicken wing places the chicken wings when they're eating in restaurant are always a little hotter so they'll drink more beer as opposed to the takeout i don't know if it's true or not but <laughs> Well, I didn't put you under oath to find no, out. No, no, I didn't, no. <laughs> uh, Caitlin from Canyon, where is Canyon Creek? It's in Burlington, Guelph Line and Fairview, just kitty corner to Burlington Mall. Excellent. Well, make a, if you like spicy, because this is definitely the spicier one we've had, and it is delicious. I, I love spicy food. I would make a point of going and getting this one. Uh, Chef Watts Burger, that Canyon Creek, will this stay on the menu at the end of November? It or won't, is this a, limited time, so get it while you can. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin, really appreciate you coming in. Thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. That was uh, that was amazing. Again, I that love was, spicy food. I like that one. That was good. It's a good one to have number seven because it kind of wakes you up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> As you're beginning to have the uh, the meat impact. Oh man, yeah. this is a pepper on this it. Is a, it's too bad. <laughs> Speaking of the spicy it, ones, eh? yeah, I really well, they can't see it. Go on to Twitter because Ben oh. on the other side of the glass oh, is tweeting out photos of all right. the burgers that we're eating right. as we're eating them. Looks so like Christopher Columbus and all the ships coming across. That's just this is, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. This is a work of art. Folk art. Um, we now have Alan from Cav- You say the name Cavallo Nero. I didn't know if I was supposed to say it like a, you know Cavai or something. Cavallo Nero. Um, this one is. This one looks different from all the other burgers we've had because what what is the bun on this one? It's an olive focaccia. Okay. So it's not your typical hamburger bun. <coughs> no. So we took our meatball, like our classic meatball mix, and then we made it into a burger, and we called it the Nona for the Italian Mediterranean feel. And it's on an olive bun with uh, fried smoked mozzarella, a pesto aioli, and arugula. Am I supposed to eat it with the olive and the pepper? Do I take one big bite with all of these things? Mm -hmm. Kind of if you like. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to have to slide over here a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I said a couple minutes ago that it was the one we had was completely different. This, again... Completely different, different from everything else. Like well, the bun, the bun alone is completely different. Mm-hmm. Different. It almost doesn't even taste like. Good. Oh yeah, it almost doesn't even taste like a hamburger in a sense. Yeah, right. I love it. It's pushing the boundaries of, and this this is this is the goal with November is to see how many boundaries we can break and, and norms we can break with with burgers, and this is a beautiful example of that because mm-hmm. the ingredients here combined. First of all, it looks awesome, but it is a work of art. This yeah. is really yeah. cool. What is in the, now there's a, it's a deep, is it deep fried cheese? Yeah, it's deep fried smoked mozzarella. And it almost looks like it's meatballs. 
It's basically a meatball. It does. It looks into a burger. It looks like a meatball sandwich. A meatball. Yeah, that's why I say it didn't really Uh taste like a hamburger. It was delicious, but it's like a meatball sub you would get, or a meatball like a high-end meatball sub. It's. It is. um, Wow, it is amazing. But again, it's completely different from all the other ones. Yeah. What do you think, Terry? It tastes kind of like it just tastes like Italy. You know, like it. It's like Mm -hmm. a very very. Nice, like veal parmesan. Yes, that's kind of what it tastes like. A little bit of parm, like a parm, chicken parm or veal yeah, parm this, or the, something. The, the deep fried cheese is incredible. Don't tell the parm guys who were here before. No. <laughs> but this is you're kind of you know you two are are in in this. They well, actually they didn't do really a. Theirs wasn't as parmy as this. They had a which is sort of yeah. Surprising. It, was, it was different. You know this was. I would I would have a beer with that one, but I would actually drink wine with this one, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Because I don't yeah. know if I'd say that about any of the other burgers here, yeah. but right now I I kind of just want. I just want a big well, bread. even at Cavallo Nero, we're known for our wine selection, so that's perfect. It pairs perfect with <coughs> whatever you want to drink. Yeah, this is like an entree rather than a burger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. the bread is a really nice touch. You yeah, can really tasty olives, which mm-hmm. just adds a whole other layer mm-hmm. of flavor to it. Good. Alan, where is Cavallo Nero? Uh, Cavallo Nero's at 370 Wilson Street East in Ancaster, down in the village. Sorry, I'm just trying to swallow. I don't want to choke myself <laughs> to death here. Were you guys in this last year? Have we you done were, this before? Yes. Yeah. And was it similar last year, or are you totally different from what totally you tried before? Totally different this year. We just want to be different. Mm-hmm. Well, Is that the idea? Yeah. Just to keep keep it different. How did you? How do you choose what you're going to do? I don't know. Just sit, trial just and of, error. Uh, a little bit. We just kind of stood there for about five minutes. Okay, what do you want to do? Like, so then we just did it. The five minutes you came up Pretty with this? Pretty much, actually. Not why. That's uh, that's pretty good for <laughs> five minutes. I wonder what you could have done if you came up with 15 minutes. <laughs> you couldn't have come up with anything better than this. Probably this would have been fan- worse. I, I think it's an effort to be different, though. That's right. what This I is right. fantastic. Yeah. This is really, really oh, good. Thank you. Like yeah, Beautiful. Really good. Alan from Cavallo Nero on uh, Wilson Street in Ancaster. You can find Nona's Meatball Burger. See, I should have said the name right off the bat, and mm-hmm. I could have just saved myself a lot of talking because that's what I just described, and that's exactly what it is. Right. Appreciate it, Al. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. That is, uh, that is outstanding. So we have one left. One left. Can you uh, do it? Aw, only one? Yeah, well, <laughs> Steve's been taking a few bites of each one, and I now have. he's got lunch for the next three weeks. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, it actually looks like it's... Uh, well, what a perfect size. Thanks so much. Yeah. Oh, Thank uh, you. Uh, Porto, uh, we have uh, Zig from Table 34. Zig, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for making this. Tell us about Portobello Crunch. I, I'm guessing I know one of the ingredients that will be in this. Uh, crunch? <laughs> I'm thinking pizza. Uh, Portobello pre- pretzel bread. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually. We have table 34 and one Duke as well in, in Hamilton, but table 34 because it's in Burlington. But we, uh, uh, Chef Manny did that one. It's Portobello mushroom peppers, uh, seven ounces of uh, uh, prime prime steak minced and so on. Uh, I have a little list here: mozzarella cheese, BBQ sauce, pro- soft pretzel bun, and then it comes with a pickle spear and of course fries on the side. See loading up over there on that side. Yeah, no. We're <laughs> these, are, these are the uh, the remnants of. of How about uh, that? Of very yeah, I was hour. I was looking at everybody's presentation because this is the first time we we've, we've done oh, this, yeah, you yeah. know. And I bring in this little plate with this four pieces, and people are bringing out a half the cow, oh, you know. No, and and it's, uh, it's beautiful. You're fine, you're fine. So <laughs> this looks great. How do you choose? You're the only one. Now, other people have done different things, but you're the only one to go with a pretzel bread, which is not common necessarily on a burger. Where did that come from? 
Uh, it's something that we just came up at, at, at uh, One Duke in particular, uh, the chef, and that we're, we're looking at different, you know, possibilities of uh, something different and interesting. And, and the pretzel bread uh, was was popular. We tested it out, and so now, you know, we have that. And, uh, I mean, I, you know, I like the pretzel bread. I'm looking at the sesame seed one over there, too. I mean, I like them all. I mean, you can tell, you know, I'm 45 <laughs> pounds overweight, so... You know they're great, but that then that's all it was—just something different and nice. Soft pretzel bun too. So I mean, I people generally think of hard pretzels, you know that. But uh, well, and the portobello makes it very earthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. very earth. There's very something very earthy about it, which is like anyone who knows portobello know what it's. You fire it up on the barbecue, and away you go. You yeah, set. and of course it's a nice size. It fits the mm-hmm. you know the whole basic circumference of the bun itself, and that as well. But but we're new to uh, we just we bought into one Duke uh, last year to be a year and about a month. My son took me out of retirement. Like I'm I'm an award winning author. I've written five books, and and that so. Uh, he pulled me out and said, Dad, here, here's an easy business, you know, where you can, you know, you only have to work nine days a week, 29 hours a day. I said, wow, <laughs> that's great, you know, and uh, and then, then, of course, but, but I'll tell you, it's really neat what they've done there with, uh, I just love it, you know, with Hamilton, with its growth and the demographics and all that stuff. And I know Hamilton a little bit from living in Ancaster years ago, but, um, and now Table 34 in Burlington being a little different, right, you know, so uh, we'll... well it is. It is yeah. absolutely delicious. And now, thank you. You can write your sixth book about the meat-induced death of four samplers. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the swe- where's the sweetness coming from? Uh, the sweetness would be uh, from the uh, from the mustard used in there, as well as the pepper. You know okay. the way the peppers uh, yeah, really are fried up and marinated. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, really yeah, good. that's uh, I think. Check That's right, mapley. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> maple leaf. <laughs> no, it, it's nice. Yeah, thank you. Zig from Table Thirty Four. Where is Table Thirty Four exactly? Table Thirty Four is Lakeshore and Locust. We're right across the street from Spencer Park. It's an easy to find, incredible location with a beautiful patio, mm-hmm. and we have a patio, of course, at uh, Duke as well. But um, yeah, it's easy to find for sure. Nice spot. Zig, thanks for coming in. This is terrific. This is really, really good. Thank mm-hmm. you. And the cause yeah. is great, too. And that's why we want to get involved. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks, guys. 100%. Uh, you're good for about a week, eh? I'm going to go pass out somewhere now. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to recline. Yeah. <laughs> this is, um, these were all amazing. They really were. Now, Martinez, before we go to commercial here, mm-hmm. uh, very quickly, the money from this, the money goes to the restaurant, but some of it goes to... Yeah. So the way the way that we structure this is is, you know, we tell the restaurants to... Um, you know, we don't we don't want the restaurants to be way out of pocket to make this to make this happen because a lot of stuff. You know, restaurants are hit up all the time for. Would you please give us da 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 da? We didn't want to do that, so it's not a huge amount, but it's enough. Uh, at least a dollar from every burger goes directly to the United Way, and it stays right here in Hamilton Halton. And, and how much was that last programs. year? Uh, same same amount. Oh, sorry, uh, ten thousand. We just, last year we sold ten thousand three hundred seventy eight burgers, and so that was with fifty something. So now you got seventy six. So our goal, I did the math, it's going to be about fifteen thousand if we keep the same averages. But if we, uh, you know, we really push hard, I think we can hit twenty. Excellent job. The Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred AM nine hundred CHML.